0: everybody has your notebook today the series that we're doing today and I will say and I don't think I said this last week but this is, it's not my material I'm borrowing it from somebody and uh, I'll tell you who that is next Sunday, uh, where the material has come from, our scripture that we're using as a basis for this material that I'm using I've added, is James chapter 4 verses 14 through 15 Uh, James said whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life and i want to use that question as a basis for our our study uh for what is your life uh last week i introduced this as kind of gave you a a personal testimony of not really i guess a testimony but uh just kind of gave you a little bit of, of my resume uh, but today I'd like to go a little bit further with that and kind of do a little bit of show and tell if you will um, outside of being uh, and I, I started to bring these all of this with me and it just got too much to carry but uh, I have two things in my office downstairs that I'm real proud of and thankful for, actually three um, is I have a Framed document hanging on my wall that acknowledges the fact that I was ordained in 1989, uh, an ordained minister. And then I got a milestone certificate from the UPCI stating that I had been a licensed minister for 25 years in good standing with the UPCI. By most people's measurements, that's probably a career. Uh, And actually that was four or five years ago that I got that one. So I'm (coughs) waiting on 30 years uh, that I've been ordained, uh, an ordained minister. So very thankful for those accomplishments. I'm telling you that because you may think that I can't accomplish anything. And that's what I'm trying to show you last Sunday, today, and, and next Sunday. And we'll see how it goes beyond that that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I wanted to share with you a couple of things today that are kind of a huge dream come true for me. Uh, Number one, or one of the things, is this is what I mentioned last week. This is a a certificate saying that I've completed a 90 hour real estate course, became a real estate agent. uh, And this would be in 2003. It was 90 hours of study and we did it in three weeks. Uh, so, when you put your mind to something, you can do it. I have a certificate at home, I don't have it framed yet, that I'm a certified life coach. Um, this is probably one of the most crowning moments of my career ever. Uh, it's a lot of, it, it, it's awesome to be able to teach, to preach, to speak, that kind of thing. But to do this is a huge milestone for anybody. And had you asked me when I was your age, If I would ever author a book, the answer would be a resounding no. I was never qualified. I was not educated enough. I wasn't experienced enough, et cetera, et cetera. But if you plan your life, if you plan it appropriately, starting today, starting last Sunday, you can do whatever you want to do. It's up to you. The sky's the limit for every person sitting in this room, and don't take no for an answer. If I can do this, you can do whatever you want to do. I can promise you that because I know me pretty well. Uh, this was a crowning moment. Actually, I woke up at about, I think it was about 2.30 or 3 o'clock this morning and had a huge inspiration. I don't know if I'll ever do it. Uh, I don't know if Sister Murphy will want to back me up on the money or not. But I'm thinking I just got huge, a huge inspiration to write another book on marriage. And uh, just the whole skeleton just went <clears throat> in my head. The skeleton for the book just went off in my head. And uh, we'll see about that one. But if you guys will just focus just on several priorities that you want to accomplish in your life and start working on it now, it may take 20 years before it comes to pass. It's not a matter of how long. It's, it's a matter of making it happen. And you need to be open to that. that and that's what I'm trying to, to help you guys with. Um, I keep things in front of me all the time that help steer me and point me in the right direction. Now, this started for me when I was about y'all's age. I started doing this. As a matter of fact, when I was a, a teenager, 18, 19 years old, I heard this poem. It was put to music, and I memorized it when I was about 19, 18, 19 years old. It, I, I can't quote it now, but I used to be able to quote it verbatim and I listened to it at least four or five times a week. It's called Desiderata. I don't know how many of you heard of it. There's a part of it that some of you may have heard the tune. Um, new age people always feel good about yourself, kind of people took it and used it for their cause for new age movement and all that. but. I had possession of it and memorized it long before they got a hold of it. But um, don't know who wrote it. The guy that wrote it in the early 1900s um, got real frustrated. Whoever he was, he wadded it up, threw it in the garbage can, and his buddy came behind him about an hour later, dug it out of his garbage can, published it, and has made a fortune with it. It's called Desereta. It says, go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Be on good terms with all persons. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. Do not distress yourself with imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You're a child of the universe. No less than the trees and the stars, you have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be careful and strive to be happy. I memorized that when I was about 18, 19 years old, and it became an anchor for me. I was really messed up emotionally, was going through severe bouts of depression, lived suicidal for well over a year. Um, Just went through a very, very difficult time, but I kept... I, I keep things in front of me all the time that orient me that point me in a direction that i want to go in so this stays in my office it's not a pretty frame as a matter of fact it was a happy birthday card that i think one of my kids gave me years ago it was on a birth inside of a birthday card i just cut it out and stuck it in this little frame and i keep it in my office it has been in my office for years another huge thing that i have kept in front of me for inspiration since my early 20s. This stays in my office all the time. It says that uh, people debate if it was Kennedy or Roosevelt that wrote it, but the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who knows the great achieve, the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end, the triumph of high achievement. And if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. And it's that last line that motivates me all the time. I refused to be a a, a faceless part of a crowd that has no ambition, no enthusiasm, no desire to mount that. I refuse to be a part of that. I am going to make something out of my life, no matter what it takes. I've had this in my possession for years, for years and years and years, and I won't let go of it. It's become a huge milestone in my life. Several years ago, when I owned a motorcycle, we took a trip, uh, me and a friend of mine took a trip to uh, Branson, and uh, we walked into a little store that had pictures and stuff like that. And I saw these. They had more than this, but I saw these three hanging on the wall. And I immediately bought them and brought them home with me. They were kind of pricey. They was about $30, $40 a piece. Um, they're real heavy, just to give you an idea. They're made out of stone, some kind of ceramic, I guess. But I keep these in my office where I can see them. I don't put them in there for other people's benefit. My office is for me. And I have things in there that apply to me. And I read these every time I go in the office. It's never too late to be what you might have been. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start living your life based on your dreams, your desires, your goals, to impact society, to impact the kingdom of God, etc. It's never too late to start. And I've considered myself a late bloomer. Uh, I never really started really understanding what my life was about till I was about 30 years old. And as a matter of fact, I started my first pastor when I was 30. So it's never too late to start. If you guys can get a hold of this now, I feel like Amen. I'm 15 years behind. I'm still playing catch up with my life. If y'all can start now, if y'all can pay attention to this, make yourself understand it. Focus on it. Keep things in front of you that keeps you oriented, not something stupid like a Michael Jackson poster from 1991. Things that will genuinely find It <coughs> can be a poem. One statement, a one-line statement can change your life. Keep your eye open for that. When you find it, keep it. This is, y'all may, y'all can laugh at this if you want and it's fine if you do, but there's times that I've gone to eat at a Chinese restaurant. and break open the fortune cookie I don't even like them things but just read the little piece of paper on the inside and I've been amazed at how applicable it was to where I was at in my life and I keep that thing on the dashboard of my car for weeks so I could see it every day and it's it's a way of programming yourself to think appropriately to think towards your future to pull in out of your life the best you can be okay y'all with me so far The other thing I keep in front of me is what would you attempt to do if you knew you would not fail? What would you attempt to do if you knew you would not fail? What is it? What would it be? These are things that I live by every day. I live this stuff every day. And I will tell you I'm not no Dale Carnegie. I'm not some big inspirational dude and I don't walk around with a pie-in-the-sky mentality. I'm very realistic. I'm very transparent. I don't have a good personality, and I'm not that smart. But I have worked myself hard to make something out of my life. My own pastor used to call me uh, Eli. He's the guy in the Bible that the the priest went haywire. I mean, it's real inspirational when your own pastor has that much confidence in you. Uh, I've been called a loser uh, by people very close to me. You'll never amount to anything. I've heard that when I was y'all's age. But I decided that I'm not going to do that. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is not about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. You can be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. And all of this revolves around the kingdom. I made that statement last Sunday. You can be whatever you want to be. But you have to quit using excuses, and you have to quit placing blame on people. You want to stand independent, and your problems in your life is no one else's fault. It's your fault because you're not doing anything about it. Does everybody understand that? Okay. Again, I'm not real motivational, but I'm going to give you some stuff that will help (coughs) you. This has been a huge inspiration for me, and I keep it in front of me all the time. This is what makes my world go around outside of Jesus, and this is why I work hard. This is worth it. Now, you may not have a good one now. You may not be all that proud of your family now. Some of you may be. Some of you may not be, but none of you are married outside of Hannah Lewis, and you have total control of your future at this point, depending on who you marry and your kids and how you raise them. And I hope every one of you 25, 30 years from now, if the Lord Terry's can look back and say I want to thank Pastor for that session in Sunday school that Sunday morning because this is my goal and this is what I work for. And where I didn't have a good one, I have a good one now. Maybe my mom and dad didn't make it happen for me, but I'm going to make it happen for my kids. I am not going to use my past as an excuse and my upbringing as an excuse and I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm going to be what I want to be. I'm taking control of my life, and I'm going to direct my own destiny. Okay. One of the most awesome things that's ever happened to me in my entire ministry and career is this right here. It came from Noah when he was five years old. Papa, thank you for being my pastor, Noah. I won't take anything for that. It took me a long time to earn that kind of respect and what have you out of my children. And now they're passing it to their kids. That Papa is your grandfather, but he's also your pastor. When I baptized him a few Sundays ago, I'll never take anything for that. This is what you live for. This is what you strive for. Does everybody understand? Start now, folks. Please start now. Please start now. All right. From... (coughs) Last Sunday, oh, one more thing, uh, we'll do, somebody, when we moved into the building, um, somebody wanted to, to buy me a gift, and so they asked a good friend of mine that's known me for almost 40 years, what would be a good <coughs> gift for a pastor to put in his office? said get him a magnifying glass that god wants to start magnifying his ministry well god has done that since we've been in this building and i treasure this it's dirty kids play with it a lot when they come to the office but i it's not to me something that i know understand the reasoning it was given to me that god wanted to magnify my ministry but that's not what it means to me what i do is i like to look at myself in the mirror with it Figuratively speaking every single day. I Magnify my life in front of myself, and if there's something I can tweak and make better then I want to do that. I Want to be everything I can be if God has given me one ounce of gifting for anything I want to use it to the very best of my ability So I'm gonna ask you guys bottom line and to simplify I'm gonna ask you guys to keep something in front of you it can be a book a statement a point be anything like that. Keep something in front of you that will remind you to stay oriented in the direction that your path, your life, uh, and your path is taking you. Last Sunday, I talked to you about living your life on purpose and gave you a couple of assignments. I gave you four questions that will help you identify your top values in life. Um, If somebody's comfortable to do this, if you'll do it, fine. If you don't want to, then that's fine too. But would somebody mind answering, give me one thing, one out of the three things that you wrote down that you like most about yourself. Did anybody write anything down? Two, three. This material works really, really good when you have participation in it. So does anybody mind saying at Least one of the three things that you like the most about yourself. Does anybody mind saying it publicly? Optimistic. Excellent. Very optimistic. All right. Justin? Creative. Creative. Amen to that. Huge. These are things that you like about yourself. Anybody else? personality. Your personality? You like your personality? Awesome. That's. The reason I'm asking you to do that is it's helping you to form your identity so that you will know who you are. Does anybody mind saying what you don't like about you or what you like least about yourself? Justin? It's hard to stick with the same thing. Hard to be consistent? Okay. I'd like to talk to you about that when we can. Uh, Anybody else? Things you don't like about Attitude, excellent. Excellent, very good. Lack of organization. Lack of organization, all right. Anyone else? If y'all are interested, I would be happy to meet with y'all one-on-one and I'll leave it up to you to contact me. Uh, but these things that you like most or least about yourself, I'd be more than happy to work with you one-on-one and it would be confidential. Charles says it feels like he's optimistic. Okay. It would be awesome to find material and ways to develop that and put a hedge around it so you don't ever lose it. You want to protect that value. Um, to protect your personality, you want to be able to. If you like that about yourself, and I agree with you, I think you have a great personality. Uh, but uh, things in life can happen that can alter it, it, things don't really change your personality, but things can happen in your life that makes you not want to move forward and develop it more and more and more. Uh, would be happy to talk to you guys. And even the things that you like least about yourself, Justin mentioned, you know, being able to stick to things, uh, you know, stay with things. Come up with a game plan on how to change that. It's going to be imperative that you figure out how. To change that. I I, I can't spend too much time on this point. I wish I had two or three hours with you guys per Sunday. Um, Anybody want to answer who's the happiest person you know? Gloria Nixon. Nixon. Anybody else? Sister Murphy? Christy Murphy? Huh? Christy Murphy? These people would feel incredibly complimented to know that noah whatley is the happiest person i know as a happiest little boy he is always happy always happy even when he gets hurt if you'll tell him don't grin he just can't help it man he'll tear streaming and he'll go ahead and grin uh it's awesome um who are the two people that you like and well, let's not do that we'll not do the two questions publicly uh, but y'all understand these things can help you Answering these questions will help you begin to understand who you are and why. And I will ask you to get on the Internet, Google, Google stuff uh, on how to protect your personality, how to learn to stick to things. You'll be surprised what you'll find. Put something in front of you that's going to remind you to stay oriented. All right, I ask you to do an assignment at home. What are the top values in your life? If these answers are not appropriate, you can always change them. What are your top values? Anybody want to answer one or two? Giving and commitment. Giving and commitment. Excellent. Okay, Justin. I put a church, class, being with God, family, work, friends, and education. There you go. Excellent list of priorities. Now to stick to that is the key. And Now you're you're, all saying out loud, these are actually becoming goals, and this is who I am, and this is going to shape my identity. Now saying it out loud is going to give you a certain accountability to it. It's going to give you a certain responsibility to it. This is who you are. This is your core. These are your values. These are the people you respect and so on. Um, Again, I'll make an offer, not as a pastor, but as a life coach. If any of y'all wanna pursue any of this stuff with me, I'd be happy to sit down and work with you. Uh, Always have time for that, if you're serious about it. All right, let's start our lesson for today. And I'm quickly running out of time. Today, I'm gonna ask you to choose your mission. Write that down, choose. You write down, choose my mission. What I'd like you to write down. I'd like for all of this to be inward to you. Choose my mission your life is worth a noble motive (coughs) write that down my life is worth a noble motive i don't believe god puts anybody on this planet just to take up space and to be a friend to somebody once in a while and live their life without it being fulfilled without it being what it should be Bottom line today, I'm going to ask all of you to write your own personal mission statement. We're going to do that in just a minute, and that's going to be our assignment for today. My personal mission statement is to impact as many people's lives with the kingdom of God and to inspire people to be the best they can be. That's my mission statement. You'll see this very short, and it's very simple. It's very brief, and you want to keep your personal mission statement that way. Let me give you some other examples of personal mission statements. Walt Disney said, my mission in life is to make people happy. He meant that. That wasn't just a generic, I want to make my wife happy or my kids happy. I want to make the world happy. So he had this huge dream of what we know now as Disneyland and Disney World and Euro Disney. And, and my word, the thing has gone worldwide, as you all know. Eric Schmidt who is the CEO of Google, said, my mission is to collect all the world's information and make it accessible to everyone. I think he accomplished that. He pretty much accomplished that. Anitra Freeman, who's an artist said, I believe creativity is the essence of being human. I believe I make myself and I won't buy my soul off the rack. That's her personal mission statement. In other words, I'm gonna be creative Somebody said that this morning. And I I believe I make myself. You can be what you want to be. Paul Knight, the founder of Nike said, my mission is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Has anybody ever heard of Rebecca Jones? I didn't think so. <clears throat> I give you some names of people that you know. I'm going to give you someone that you probably don't know. Rebecca Jones is a rancher. She said, My life's mission is to protect and save early American farm animals, such as the American guinea hog and the Ben Franklin turkey from extinction. That's her mission. It doesn't matter what it is. You're... You have to have a personal mission statement. Your life is too noble to be lived, not amounting to anything. To growing up thinking, I can't do anything. Your life is too valuable for that. So our assignment today, and there's no specific format for writing your personal mission statement, only you will know how to write it. I can't tell you what to write. Brother Dave can't, Brother Steve can't, Brother Aaron can't. But you wanna try to keep it clear. You wanna keep your mission statement brief and you wanna keep it exciting. So ask yourself this question. What is my calling? What's my life's aim? What inspires me the most? What activity or service are my core values urging me to pursue? What activity or service are my core values urging me to pursue? So I'm gonna say that again. To write a mission statement, you want to keep it clear, brief, and exciting, and ask yourself, what is my calling? What's my life's aim? What do you want to do with the rest of your life? What inspires me the most? What activity or service are my core values urging me to pursue? There's people sitting in this room that says, huh, I never have thought about that before. This is the point to get you thinking about it. What do you want to do the rest of your life? Do you want to wait till you're 50 and then wake up and say, huh, I think I'm gonna try to do something with my life. It's never too late to start. But the earlier you start, the better it is and the more you can accomplish. Rob Bresney said, this may be the turning point. Your grandchildren will tell stories about years from now. The time you leap over the Abyss to the other side of the great divide and begin your life in earnest. On the other hand, this moment of truth might end up being nothing more than a brief awakening when you glimpse what's possible on the other side of the great divide, but tell yourself, nah, that's way too far to jump. In that case, your grandchildren will have to be content talking about what delicious cookies you used to bake or what your favorite sports team was. It will all depend on how brave you are. I know a man today He's in his 90s. He does not attend this church. He's in his 90s. And if you ask his kids what is one thing that you that is the most outstanding about your dad, they will tell you that he's an LSU Tiger fan. That's all they can think of. He didn't bring them to church. He didn't teach them the Word of God. He didn't teach them how to pray. No big inheritance. Just an LSU Tiger fan. You can be that if you want to be. Or, if you really set your mind to it, you can be an author, you can be a doctor, you can be a professional, you can be anything you want to be. It just depends on you and what you want to do with the rest of your life. And if lazy is a part of your makeup, you need to toss that out of the window no matter what it takes. If you have a tendency to blame people, you need to go to therapy and get rid of that mentality. It's not going to lead you anywhere. You have to be positive, and you have to have a goal. All right, so I'm going to ask you with that little criteria in mind, what is your calling? What's your life's aim? What inspires you the most? What activity or service are your core values urging you to pursue? So with that in mind, I'd like for you to take a few minutes and write down your personal mission statement. Mine is to impact as many lives with the kingdom of God and inspire as many people to be the best they can be. did i give that to y'all i sure did you're right absolutely right okay thank you for that um i i forgot about that i didn't remember huh uh does anybody mind giving us your personal missions i do remember now going into my, my second lesson last week uh now that you said it uh my mistake. Personal mission statement. Justin? my mission in life is to change others' lives, to help her and to give hope to others. There you go. So now you have a goal. You have a dream. What you want to do with that? I have to apologize when everything was talking about just it up. Yes, I have wrote a lot more than we were talking about just summed it up. Okay, that's fine. Um what you have to do with a personal mission statement is equip yourself now to do whatever you have to do to add to your life whatever you have to do to be able to do that. So if you want to help people that are hurting, give hope to the hopeless, then you have to educate yourself, equip yourself. So you could, you could be a life coach in addition to your normal career. <coughs> it's a, Actually, the curriculum I took is fairly easy. If you devote an hour a day to it, you can do it in two weeks. It's mainly reading, and it's an open book test. But equip yourself. Put tools in your toolbox to be able to do that. So that's a commitment you have to make and then be able to stick to it. But it's an excellent mission statement. But it's important you to put yourself in to do it if you're going to do that. Anybody else? <laughs> Okay. And again, you start educating yourself. You commit to that, but you want to equip yourself. Uh, I've learned the hard way. It's an awesome thing to have a dream and to have a goal, but you have to equip yourself in whatever ways you can to be able to reach it. Sometimes you have to reach beyond yourself and actually borrow from other people's knowledge and experience to make it happen. So uh, anybody else on a personal mission statement? Okay. Um, write this down after your personal mission statement. And I hope all of you have done it. If you haven't done it, I hope you do it. you know, have a hard time picking a direction you want to go in life without a personal mission statement. Um, so write this down follow my dreams follow my dreams comma they know the way follow my dreams they know the way if you don't have a dream how can you ever have a dream come true if you don't have one I see people every day that's their life is a ship without a sail. Uh, there's, there's no direction in it. You're not going anywhere. You're like the cowboy that's surrounded by Indians and you ride off in all directions. Uh, there's no particular dream or ambition. We need to develop that. And that's what I'm trying to help you to do. Albert Einstein said, your imagination is the preview to life's coming attractions. Your imagination is the preview to life's coming attractions. Your goal is a dream set to paper. Your goal is a dream that's set to paper. Just don't think it, ink it. Write it down. Listen to this. Listen, folks. According to David Cole, professor emeritus at Virginia Tech, people who regularly write down their goals earn nine times as much they make as nine as much as nine times as much money over their Uh, lifetimes as people who don't people who regularly write down their goals earns nine times as much over their lifetime as people who don't this is what's startling yet 80 percent of americans say they don't have goals you want to know we have why we have a poverty level and people that are not fulfilled and they're not happy this is why okay 80% of Americans say they don't have any goals at all. 16% of Americans do have goals, but they don't write them down. Less than 4% write down their goals. And fewer than 1% actually review them on an ongoing basis. Guess which 1%. So another assignment. I don't remember if I gave this to you last week or not. Did I ask you to write your dreams down last week? Okay, I didn't think I did. All right. I'd like for you to write down at least three dreams. Write those down real quick. Three dreams that you have that you would like to come true in your life. Now I'm not talking about necessarily going to Disney World and going on a cruise. Let's be a little more, have a little more value than that. Write down three dreams. Did everybody get one dream written down? Just one? Does everybody have at least one? Okay, if you can't, if you're struggling with it, I I don't want to bog down here because I have like six minutes. Uh, We want to move on. How many wrote down at least one? One dream, most everybody? Okay, look, it just became a goal. Your dream just became a goal. It's something now for you to reach for, something for you to strive for. Now you can start making plans. Now you can start educating yourself. Now you can start sharing your goal with someone else. It's not a dream anymore. Now that you've written it down, it's a goal. That you can you can accomplish it. Whatever it is, you can accomplish it if you want to bad enough. It can be a degree, it can be an associate's degree, it can be going to trade school, it can become a professional, going to nursing school, you can become a real estate agent. God bless you if you do, but because uh, the real estate market's flooded right now with realtors. Um, it's not a bad job, just so many of them out there. Competition is unbelievable. Um, you could be a, a loan officer. You could be a doctor. You could be whatever you want to be. And people may laugh at you when you say, hey, I'm going to law school. I'm going to Harvard. Ha, <laughs> you, yeah, right. Okay, when you graduate, remind them of their response when you told them. And then it's not funny anymore. You can be. Whatever it is you want to be. All right. This is what I want to introduce you to when it comes to dreaming dreams and setting goals. Balance, write this down. Balance is beautiful. Balance is beautiful. Setting goals in only one or two areas of life is like rowing a boat with only one oar. You go round and round in only one direction. This is a question... I want to ask you today. If you use all your creativity in just one area of your life, you are destined to be one dimensional in the lives of other people. For example, what's the use of becoming a multimillionaire five years from now if you don't end up with this? What's the point? if you end up with a broken family. So you can't just say, okay, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna be a lawyer, I'm I'm gonna be some profession that will make me a lot of money. You have to include in your dreams and goal setting that I wanna be a great father, that I wanna be a great mother, that I wanna be a great husband, I wanna be a great wife. You have to plan for that too. You can't just center your life around making money. Listen to this, on a scale of one to seven, on a scale of one to seven, where one means not at all satisfied with my life, and seven means completely satisfied, the people of Forbes magazine, their list of 400 richest Americans average 5.8 of being not satisfied with my life. Seven would be not satisfied, completely not satisfied. Out of the 400 richest Americans, they average 5.8. So money is not always the key to happiness. This is what's interesting to me. Out of Forbes magazine's list of 400 richest Americans on a scale of 1 to 7, they average 5.8 with not being happy or satisfied with their life. The same average applies to the Inuit people who live in Greenland, who are mexico or Eskimos and are completely detached from realities of life. They still live like they're in the time of the Vikings. That's who they are. They have the same average as the 400 richest Americans. The the herding Maasai, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, of Kenya, they haven't moved past their basic culture for probably two or 3,000 years. They have They live in dung huts. They have no electricity and no running water. They average about 5.8 with happy with their life. So money is not always everything. Uh, If I had a, I fault i put this on the recording, but if I had a favorite pop star singer, all of my life has been Neil Diamond, and it's because of his life. Man writes prolific songs about his life. Most of his songs are about his life. But he's probably one of the most insecure men you'll ever meet. He lives with bodyguards, can't maintain a marriage. Multi-bajillionaire. Uh, has impacted the pop music world for years and years and years. You still hear stuff. He was real popular in the 70s and 80s. But what does he have now? Is it, you know, he's in his, what, late 60s, early 70s now. Broken home, broken lives, broken marriage. Scared to death. That kind of thing so money isn't everything you have to plan your life in all the major areas of your life so you need to look at life write this down as the wheel of life the wheel of life to balance your most important lifetime goals think of life as a wheel with many spokes so if you're gonna have a balanced life each spoke of that wheel needs your attention you have to balance the wheel of your life so i'm going to ask you quickly to write down five goals for your life that represents every major part of life that can be spiritual family career health financial education recreation charitable adventure travel romance relationships those kind of things write down at least five areas of your life that you will have to devote attention if you're going to get the most out of your life. everybody good? If you will, if you don't have all five, because I, I need to keep moving. Just write one, two, three, four, five. and if you'll take it home and have it for next week, I'd appreciate it. We will review this lesson next week. The fifth thing you need to do is to be specific. This is in writing a personal mission statement, your dreams, goals. You wrote some dreams down, now they're goals. You need to be specific uh, with your dreams and goals. Some of you, when you name things a little while ago, you're a little more generic. And a little bit too broad need to be a little more specific B.J. Marshall said if you aim at nothing you'll hit it every time so you have to be specific when you walk into a restaurant how many just tells the waiter just bring me some food you have to be specific instead you'll pick exactly what you want from the menu and then they'll bring that to you the same is true for life don't just say My goal over the next five years is to be happy. Okay, well, good. Now how are you going to achieve that? You need to be a little more specific and so on. Uh, You have to be specific. The clearer and more vividly you visualize a goal, the easier it becomes to achieve or to acquire it. If possible, ride in it, fly in it, visualize it, rehearse it, get pictures of it and then list the steps needed to attain it. And I touched on this a little while ago. If you want this, if you want this, now's the time to start setting goals. It probably wouldn't be a bad idea to, and actually Ashley is a phenomenal artist, uh, Ashley Swallow, take a picture of yourself and try to blow it up kind of big, and then just outline silhouettes of your future spouse. You may not know who that's gonna be, but if you're a man, hopefully you're interested in a woman, and if you're a woman, hopefully you're interested in a man. But draw a little outline or a sketch of that person of the opposite sex and two or three kids beside you. You don't have a face and you don't have names but it'll give you a goal to work towards. So you start equipping yourself to be a good father, to be a good mother, to be a good husband or wife. Uh, Whatever whatever you pick for these areas, the more clearer you are and put it in front of you where you see it every single day. Dr. Benjamin May said, the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goals. The tragedy lies in not having any goals to reach. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. It's not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideals, but it is a disaster to have no ideals to capture. It's not a disgrace not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach. Uh, Let me go quickly here. Uh, You have to think big. Write that down. Think big. okay one man said most people don't aim too high and miss they aim too low and hit most people don't aim too high and miss most people aim too low and hit raise your dreams and expectations just a little bit higher There isn't one person in a thousand who can write down his or her most exciting dreams without at the same time telling themselves that it's probably impossible. Some of you probably wrote down some dreams here today that in the back of your mind say they'll never happen. I'll never be able to do this. The truth is virtually anything is possible and nothing is too good to be true. We need to remember that. So what would you attempt? And I brought the little sign up here today. What would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? I'm going to have to stop here. We're out of time. I'm going to ask you to, when you get home sometime this week, please get your notebooks out and pour yourself over this material. But I'd like for you to write down a dream that you would love to pursue if you absolutely knew you could attain it. Write down a dream, and you don't have to do it now. You can do it when you get home. But write down a dream that you would love to pursue if you absolutely knew you could attain it. If you were guaranteed an outcome, what would you do? It's a huge question. Next Sunday, y'all help me remember this, but I'm going to tell you a story about a guy that traded a paper clip for a house. Traded a paper clip for a house. Tell you that story next Sunday. So, all of this is being put on our church website. Uh, So, you can go back to it and listen to it during the week if you want. I haven't listened to it, I don't know how it sounds. Is it okay? So, okay. All right, I've gone five minutes over, Brother Steve. I apologize. (laughs)